Today's episode of Dead Town will be taking a trip down memory lane, and we're going to talk about some of the childhood terrors that most of us have dealt with, or all of us, such as the boogeyman, the sandman, and the devil under our bed. Let's dive into this episode, and thank you for tuning in once again. Be sure to invite your friends because you will not want to listen alone. We are all from places with secrets everywhere. This is Dead Town. listeners and welcome to the dead town podcast i am your host patrick michael and of course as always we got another creepy tale going on here now today we're going to start with some personal stories just about the devil under my bed the reason that i was so afraid to get up and use the bathroom in in the middle of the night but we're also going to do a detailed talk about the history of the boogeyman as well as the sandman because we all have a history of hearing about both of those things meaning Somebody told us, hey, hey, don't let the bed bug bed bugs bite, which is also a that's scarier than the boogeyman or anything else that's not real because bed bugs are real and they're awful. They're disgusting creatures. And they what purpose do they serve? What purpose does a bed bug serve? We all have those common sayings that our parents or our family members would say before we went to sleep. You know, uh, it's just the boogeyman, don't worry about him, Uh, time to go meet the sandman, and all those things encompass the idea of sleeping as a child. And if that's something that people were saying to you before you went to bed, you probably didn't sleep very well. Because you're worried about bed bugs, you're worried about the boogeyman, the monsters in the closet, under the bed, all of those things. And I'm supposed to be okay with that? Right before sleep? That's crazy, guys. That's crazy. So as I said, the first story I want to talk about here, I want to just kind of introduce myself into this whole uh, discussion by giving you a detailed background on uh, why I even wanted to talk about this in the first place. And let's just say I feel like a really prominent point in my life where I started to actually be afraid of monsters was I can't remember how old I was. I want to say I was probably between five and seven. And it was a Halloween, a Halloween for sure. I remember my grandmother had stayed the night with us because at this point it was just my sisters, myself, and my mother. So my grandma decided to stay. And in our backyard, we had uh, like a dog track type of deal. It was basically this fenced in area where our dogs could run. And they couldn't get out. They couldn't get away. There was two dog houses in there. It was nice. They loved it. But behind that area was another fence that didn't connect all the way to our neighbor's fence. So there was an opening. 
Now, all night, this Halloween night, I'm sitting in my bed, which I believe at this time was a bunk bed, and I could see directly out my window in the hallway. And that's not scary. It's not scary to see outside while you're sleeping. But it was scary what I saw at the end of the yard. And, obviously considering the fact that there's no reason that this thing should have been there, it made it even scarier. So I'm laying in my bed and I'm looking out this window and what do I see at the corner of the fence looking directly at me but a Frankenstein. That's the only thing that I can call it. That's the only thing that it looked like was Frankenstein. Now when I say there's no reason that it should have been there, the obvious reason is there's no road back there. It's our backyard. And our backyard connected to the neighbor's side yard. So there's no road on the other side of our fence or their fence. Just yard. And the Frankenstein was facing directly at me. Okay? It was facing directly at our house. It was not facing any other direction. And, you know, making that connection, I'm saying, it's facing our house for no reason. There's zero reason that that should be happening. There was no other decorations, nothing. And this significantly impacted the way that I was going to be for the rest of my life. And I'll be honest, I don't have any idea if I've told my parents this. I have no idea. I can't remember. I feel like it's something I would have shared. But at the same time, what the fuck? Because as a child, the impact this had on me was so crucial that from that point forward, I ran down my hallway in my house. During the day, middle of the night, didn't matter. If I had to use the bathroom and go down that hallway, I was running to it. And then as soon as I got done, I'm opening the door, keeping the light on until my body's all the way out of the bathroom, and then I'm running again. And no bullshit, every time I would run out of the bathroom, run past my bedroom, I would look inside my bedroom. And many times, you guys, I would see a figure. Now, was it my own mind playing tricks on me? Possibly. But what's the explanation for the Frankenstein in the backyard? What's that? Because if I could explain it in, in any easier than I have, I would, obviously. I wish I could somehow sketch a picture of the way that the yard was set up, so that way you would understand why there's absolutely no reason, none whatsoever, that there should be something back there. Even if it's just a decoration, there's no reason. Zero. But yet, there was something there. And like I said, from that moment on, because I even, I remember telling my grandmother as she walked down the hallway, I'm like, what is that? What's going on here? That shouldn't be there. I guess I probably should uh, talk to the neighbor. Just go over there and talk to the neighbor. Like, hey, do you guys remember setting up? No, you don't remember? Well, this story ends here. I can go home and live in fear forever. But that truthfully, like I said, that was one of those instances where, you know, your whole life you're already being told, oh, don't worry, it's just the boogeyman or it's n there's no monsters, no such thing as that. Boogeyman's not real, etc., etc. And then you see something like that on your own time. You think you're not going to be affected by it? You think it's not going to ruin the rest of your day? 
That made Halloween horrendous for me from that point forward. I obviously have come to terms with it. I'm talking about it now with you guys. But the fact remains. What's the explanation? What is somebody going to tell me? What would be the purpose? What would actually... Why? Okay, say I did go over there and talk to the neighbor and I'm like, Hey, did you guys have a decoration up? And they said yes. What would be their next line as to why it's there? When I say, well, why? The only thing you'd assume they could that they could say is, well, we wanted to freak you kids out. That's it. Well, thank you guys so much for bearing with me as uh, we get through that story of why I wet the bed so often. But no, after that, I did feel like there was something certainly lingering. Was it my own head? Who knows? But now I want to talk about this, this actual thing that has been around for centuries, at least to my knowledge, and all of us have heard about it. Our parents' parents heard about the boogeyman. So let's talk. Uh, the only thing we don't know is the history. What's the history of the boogeyman? Where did, had he come to be? Where do you come from? And uh, first I have to start with this. It looks like it's spelled bogeyman. Like B-O-G-E-Y-M-A-N. I've never heard anybody call him the bogeyman ever. And let's be honest. There's movies. There's movies based on this character. Based on... Uh, the Boji Man, <laughs> whatever. Uh, let's be honest, the pictures aren't very detailed. There's not much to even really say about him as far as his physical features, but it's also known as the Boogie Monster. Uh, the Boji Man looks like Boogie Man, whatever, or Boogie Man. And it is a mythical creature used by adults to frighten children into good behavior. So it's not just something to make somebody go to sleep because they can't go to sleep unless you uh, insist that there is some sort of monster after them, which is horrifying. So it sounds more like you could even be like with your kid in a store and they or a restaurant and they start acting up and you can be like, hey, hey, the boogeyman's going to come get you. That's what's up. I mean, we all know, we all knew, I should say, about the boogeyman growing up when we were kids, 100%. So now as adults, do we? can we honestly say we have an idea what the physical form would be or what to expect when you see the boogeyman because there isn't really one and there never has been one at least to my knowledge it's like I don't know it could be anything it's large it's oddly shaped and it's scary that's all you have to know but the boogeyman has no specific appearance as I said and conceptions vary drastically by household and culture but it's commonly commonly depicted as masculine or androgynous monster that has punish, uh, punishing that goes to punish children for misbehavior. The boogeyman, or a somewhat related creature, can be found in every culture. That's scary. So they've been using this for a while. Like how bad were kids, where you had to make up some sort of monster <laughs> to, right? I, I, it doesn't seem like it makes any sense at all. Were kids just so bored back then that they just had to be annoying? So you're like, hey, 
You better chill out or this crazy creature is going to punish you. And there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, the boogeyman may actually target a specific act or general misbehavior depending on what purpose needs serving. So he's a savant. He's a renaissance man. He can do everything. It's just whatever you need, baby. I got it. Now, often based on warning from the child's authority figure is where this all kind of starts from. And the term boogeyman is sometimes used as a nonspecific personification or metonym for terror. And in some cases, the devil. So much like in my case where I was afraid of, you know, using the bathroom in the middle of the night because I thought that the devil was under my bed, the devil could have just easily been something similar to the boogeyman. Or to the best of my knowledge, what the boogeyman was as a child. Because like I said, the only physical form that I can sort of depict in my own mind as to what I thought this creature looked like it was simply simply an ominous mass. It was large, it was oddly shaped, and it wasn't really, it was not human at all. But like they said, in every culture, you're going to find yourself with different depictions of this, whether somebody sketches it or they just, you know, verbalize it and try to explain it that way. Either way, it's not going to be, there's no two that's going to be exactly the same. I just couldn't see how it would work. Much like the films, in the films they try, it, it, it's like PlayStation 2 graphics, and it's just like a, a, a guy, like the boogeyman was a dude, he was a man, but that's not even what I see, it's like just a monster, it's not human looking at all. So the word boogie is actually believed to be derived from Middle English, which is, you know, uh, which is sort of translated to something frightening or a scarecrow type of thing. Uh, theories on its origin include a root meaning goat or cognate of the German uh, whatever. Uh, could be influenced meaning by Old English, influenced in meaning by Old English, excuse me. Buddha used compounds for beetle, a related word bugbear, from bug meaning goblin or scarecrow, and bear was imagined as a demon in the form of a bear. They eat small children, and was also used to mean a general object of dread. So, that's weird, because now that I'm thinking about it, the the way that I said it wasn't human looking is, and now finding out that it's like uh, a bear, sort of like a bear creature, a demon in bear form, like that is almost exactly what I would call it. That's almost what I feel like most people would say it looks like. If you were to be like, does it look like a random shapes? Or does it look like a bear possessed by a demon that eats children? Well, the second one is, is pretty detailed. I'm going to go with that. That sounds good. So just a little bit more on how the description is different in the cultures. Um, in the cultural level, there are often some shared similarities to the creatures. Many of the boogeyman are depicted as having claws, talons, and sharp teeth. Along with that, the majority of boogeyman are also spirit variety, while the minority are demons, which is another legendary creatures. Some are even described to have certain animal features, such as horns, hooves, and bug-like appearances. So everybody has their own theory as to what this thing looks like, but a lot of them are sort of similar. It's not human. 
doesn't look human at all. When looking at the personality traits of Boogeyman, they are most easily divided into three categories. The kind that punishes misbehaved children, the kind that are more prone to violence, and the kind that protect the innocent. They are all they all relate in the same way being that they all exist to teach young children lessons. So there is a depiction of the boogeyman which is kind of a good one. Protects the innocent. Uh, the large majority of the boogeyman are there to just frighten children with punishments and not actually inflict much damage. So it's like, instead of him hurting you, you instead have to roll a rock up a hill over and over. The more vicious boogeyman is said to steal the children at night and even eat them. So, you know, you could be pushing a rock up a hill, Johnny, or you could just be in the, the demon's belly, the demon boogeyman belly. What do you want to do? I mean, <laughs> what what's better? Uh, the last category is the boogeyman who protects people and only punishes those guilty regardless of age. So there you go, mom and dad. Ha ha. Joke's on you. If you're bad, Boogeyman comes after you as well. Sorry, I know it's unfortunate, but everything comes full circle now, doesn't it? Thanks, Boogeyman, for really holding us, you know, coming through on that one. So since I, I associated, you know, I was such a boy growing up that I clearly associated the boogeyman with boogers and it did ease the uh, fear. But there's another guy we're going to talk about here called Sandman. And I wish I could remember the exact saying <laughs> that would be told to us before sleep, but it definitely involved the Sandman. And, I don't know, I guess my own thoughts about him was, he's scarier than the boogeyman. And it's only because <sighs> there was more of a visual to him. You have seen him somewhere. Not in, re in real life, in a sense, but like a movie or a cartoon, whatever. There's been different depictions of him that way and that it doesn't help it made it worse because I pictured the Sandman like that fucking giant mummy from the movie Mummy when it turns into all that sand like it's a giant face made of sand that was what I thought the Sandman was I'm like why would I want to hang out with him seems awful seems like a bad guy but it, it I guess the reality of it is the Sandman's more like a fairy. <laughs> He's more like a, a wizard type of thing, a, a mythical creature in the sense of he does good. He feeds you dreams while you're sleeping. It's like, really, we just have a, a problematic insomniac. Just a, a guy who can't sleep and, and infiltrates other people's homes and thoughts and, and things like that. Not good guy. Not good guy. But the true details of the Sandman is actually it's a mythical creature, myth mythical character in Western and Northern European folklore. He actually puts people to sleep and encourages and inspires beautiful dreams by sprinkling magical sand 
onto their eyes. I mean, we all know how terrible sand is in general, but could you imagine somebody putting it on your eyes while you sleep? Like, what a horrible frat guy. The Sandman is a dickhead frat guy. Bad pranks. He's like, what if we just dumped some dirt on his forehead? That'd be funny, right? I mean, I guess, Brian, but why? What do you get? Why? I don't get it. So the Sandman is actually real, and it only exists in Western and Northern European folklore. So not everybody has heard about this, but it had traveled down far enough to where I was exposed to it. And when I say real, I simply mean it exists within stories, uh, books, movies, comic books, television, cartoons, all of it. Uh, the Sandman is the traditional character in many children's stories and books. In Scandinavian folklore, he is said to sprinkle sand or dust into the eyes of children at night to bring, uh, to bring them sleep and dreams. And the grit or sleep, the stuff that you find in your eyes when you wake up in the morning, is supposedly the result of the Sandman's work the previous night. Let me repeat this, you guys. <laughs> it's so crazy. So that nasty, gross stuff that you pick out of your eyes as soon as you wake up in the morning that we all love so much, but it is real gross. That's apparently from this guy, from our guy here. The Sandman does that for us. He does it. And that's weird as shit. So somebody one day like woke up and was like, Sir, sir, I have all this stuff in my eyes. What is it? What is it from? Like, oh, it's the, it's the dirt that is, these, that is sprinkled onto you from the Sandman. You don't know the Sandman? He, he flies around us and drops things into our faces as we sleep. That is what that is from, Jedediah. Is it good luck? Uh, really, it's nothing. It really doesn't do anything at all. Because I feel like <laughs> if it was useful... Like, they're basically just trying to give us a reason that we sleep and have dreams. And this guy gets all the credit. What an asshole. Now, he is uh, kind of weird looking. He is kind of trollish in some aspects. He's all over the place in literature. Like I said, comic books, music, television. There's so many references to this dude, uh, the Sandman. We all know the song from Metallica, that crazy great rock band. And uh, it is it is what it is. It is what it is. So like I said, I wasn't sure if I was going to find information on the Sandman or even the Boogeyman, really, because who would have guessed that it's such tradition? It's such a tradition. And it's been around for so long. And of course, before I even did this episode, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I, I really want to know. I, I need something to talk about in this episode. And as I was deciding what it was going to be, it just popped in my head. I'm like, that is really good. I want to tell that story of seeing that creepy guy or whatever it was off in the distance at my house. And then I want to tell them details about the Boogeyman and, and the Sandman. Because even if you can't relate to the Halloween story that I told in the beginning, you can most certainly relate to either the Boogeyman or the Sandman. 
right? That's not new. Those are things we've all heard of. But nonetheless, it is the creepiness that you come to the Dead Town podcast for. We're going to get to the nitty-gritty about weird shit, no matter what it is. And it's going to be done in exactly this fashion. Laid back, but also very fun, very precise. I, I spend a lot of time in the editing and uh, the idea of what the conversations are going to be about, as well as just the, the show in itself, because keep in mind, this is not the only show. It's just one of many. So thank you for checking it out. If you have already, that's amazing. You know, don't let the Sandman bite and uh, the Boogeyman isn't real. Good night. guys if you enjoyed the podcast which i know you did don't forget to hit that subscribe button you know where it is i don't know if it's a button it might be like a little little heart or something i don't know it's a like you know do what you got to do to help support the show wherever you listen and if you feel like leaving a five-star review say whatever you want that's amazing too it really helps the show grow and gets noticed by other people bigger audience bigger draw that is the key thank you so much for tuning in i've been patrick michael this is the dead town